So I want to begin with just a little quick cartoon there, and that's, uh, and it's a cartoon, but there's a truth in it. And how many of you are easily distracted? Okay, so I, I know this. I can put, I can put uh, my hand up and then forget why it's up. So, but um, Charlie Brown says, says, pondering, as they're sitting there looking at the lake with Snoopy, says, why did God tell us to guard our heart? And um, Snoopy's response is, maybe because it tends to run away. And that's the easily distracted thing, and all of a sudden, or whatever, it's, it's um, the enemy knows that your heart is important, and God knows your heart is important. Jesus came to touch and heal and help and save and deliver people, and um, he came because God so loved. If Jesus, whatever you think he is, if, if Jesus is anything, he's a love gift from God to you. That's what he really is. And if you unpack the love gift, sometimes you don't always know when you get a gift what it's for or how to use it. But when you unpack the love gift named Jesus, he will, he will help you here and everywhere else. But he will, he will help you. He helped me. So in the Gospels, we have Jesus often, he's being um, confronted. He's, he, he's an irritating person to the religious, to many of the religious people. And he's irritating because he doesn't seem to fit in the norms and so he answers things and and he has just this verse begins where he's already answered somebody and given one of those answers that was brilliant and amazing about god is not the god of the dead the god of the living and there's a whole thing to it and and everything about uh, about some people not believing in the resurrection and jesus saying yeah there is a resurrection though the people that die don't aren't dead <laughs> they're alive he's the god of the living and stuff like that so he's affirming that but then somebody comes and he's now we read it this way, uh, come teacher, teach, and come preacher, preach, and come lover, love, in Jesus' name. But when the Pharisees heard that he, had, that he had silenced the Sadducees, two different groups, religious leaders, at odds with each other many times, vying for the, uh, the, uh, t the leadership role, the primary leadership role in their communities for Jewish people. One of, them, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question testing him, and Mark says, Mark says a scribe, lawyer, same thing, heard his answer in the midst of many people questioning Jesus, Pharisees still questioning him, but him saying, I think he answered that very well. I want to hear more. And so that's, that's going on. Many people are saying, I'm not buying it, but some people are saying, interesting, this is very interesting. Asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And so that's his answer. That's the beginning of an answer, and it's a two-part answer. And so what, what we see, he's saying with all, and I don't know if you hear with all how many times I have heard with all. But I have heard it like, oh, God, that's more than I can do. I don't know how I could do that. How could I ever possibly, like, be, like, when you say love me with all, like, if that's the condition, do I, am I, can I meet that, can I actually meet that dis condition? Because I'm distracted, because I question my ability to be wholehearted, like, truly wholehearted, give him all. I think he deserves it all, but I question me. 
And what I wasn't understanding was that my heart is safe with him, so I'm supposed to take the heart the way it is and bring it to him with all. I'm supposed to give this broken heart to him. That's, that's the gist of it. I'm supposed to bring the need. I'm supposed to bring my life to him with its challenges, with its struggles, with its trials. Does he really think I'm capable of wholehearted love? And I believe the answer is yes, because he wants to have a full and overflowing relationship with you, with me, with us. And he doesn't want any of your past, any of the stuff, any of the noise that comes in life to keep you from that relationship, because it will keep you. It will shut you up and shut you down. It did to me. Many times. Just wondering about that. I could say, I could tell you this, that as a parent of children that are definitely adult children, but Pastor Josh, lead pastor, is an adult. Jessica and Janelle are adults. They have lives and all this stuff, and they love God, and they love me, and it's a miracle. Promise you, it's a miracle that they love God, and they love their parents. But I can remember many times that the I did understand some things and struggled to understand anything, other things. But one of the things I understood was they were a gift to me and I loved them. I felt it. Like pretty much. I did, I, sometimes I got frustrated with them. Sometimes I yelled at them. I got better as I got older. <laughs> but I loved them. I would die for them. I would do anything for them. And we're singing earlier, many, many, I would say hundreds of times I would be in church and my hands would be up in the air and we'd be singing a, a song of some kind. You're worthy of it all. Like we sang today, you're worthy of it all. And I would sing that song and then I would think of how I love my kids. And I would say, God, hundreds of times, God, I feel things for my children that I'm just admitting to you right here in this holy moment. I knew I was going to be preaching in 10 minutes or something like that. I'm just saying, God, I, I don't know what to do. I feel love for them that I don't feel for you. I don't understand why that is. But Lord, I know this. I know that what I feel, if I actually put them above you, I will hurt them. That isn't good for them to be in that position. So Lord, you are number one even though I don't understand why I can't feel it that way. And so I would be asking myself questions like that, pondering, why are feelings like they are? And a bunch of us have an answer for that, and our answer is, that's because you're supposed to get rid of them. And I'm not buying that answer. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not a by-the-answer person, by that answer of get rid of your feelings. I'm, I'm a person that says I believe they're gifts. And I want to see what they're given to me for. And I want that gift. I want to see that gift do what it's supposed to do, not do what it's not supposed to do. I want to see that gift get untangled from what it's not supposed to do and get free so it can do what it's supposed to do. So that's the first commandment with a promise, with all. And I'm just telling you, I hope, I hope before we're done today, I hope that you can step into that in a fresh way. I hope you can. I believe. I'm expecting that. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Did anybody else ha ever have doubts about how well you love your neighbor? <laughs> like, and let me just define neighbors. So, you, so, cause if you, if you could pick them, 
right? And you could say my neighbor is, and you could just narrow it right down to one person. I believe we could do pretty good, right? We could say, I'm thinking of a person. They don't live too far away. And you know what? I really love that person. I just feel so much affection for that person. But the problem with that is that there's actually a bunch of people between you and them physically. Like, like they're not the nearest. The neighbor is the near, near me. And boy, that's a complicated, simple but complicated or deeper, deeper kind of a thing. Because when I see, say, near me, all of a sudden, uh, I don't know, you could be in church and there could be like a bunch of people you like and a few that irritate you. And then, and then there's treats after the church service and you can give a donation to the, the, the youth thing that's going on. And Charmaine, thank you for taking the time to work with them to make some great stuff. There's all kinds of cookies and stuff and whatever. It's just if you've got a sweet tooth, it's get ready because something's happening soon. So when there, hopefully there will be something for people that don't. So, so um. But you just might find you're right next to one of those few irritating people. Or you're going to go home and you're just so glad for everybody at church, but then you go home and there's that irritating person that seems to be fairly near you. But he says these, on these two things hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, he's suggesting, he's saying that the law and the prophets are actually built on love God, love people. This is what it's about. And if you could learn if you could learn to ha- take those irritations and frustrations and agitations and have them all be invitations, all be invitations to talk to God, to get near God now, not, not one day, sometime, somewhere, but now, like it's an instant invitation. God, I'm agitated. Come in, <laughs> like come in, like, like be, I'm present with you. I want to be present with you right now in my agitation because I want help. When, when Jesus, in his first recorded sermon, quoted from this text, the Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He begins to identify people that really are going to turn out to be neighbors to you and to me, to us. To preach good tidings to the poor, and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And it turns out in this whole text, I believe this whole text, I can say it specifically for this but the whole text is a bullseye for the gospel it's like if you don't know what the gospel target is the gospel target is poor people desperate in spirit and in life people that are brokenhearted people that are bound either physically like 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 literally it's a great thing that chuck colson did with angel tree and taking care of prisoners and ministering to prisoners and hundreds of thousands of people have been saved because god saved him and then God put it in his heart because he spent some time in jail. God put it in his heart. And so lots and lots of lives touched. Lots and lots of lives changed. But the bullseye of the gospel is oh, set captives free. Turn beauty for, into ash. Give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Transformation. Transformation. Bring them comfort. It's all part of this great bullseye that God has. So, amen, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> so we can have, and, and I, think, I think we could say this, we can have um, my, is it, where's my other book? That one. Thank you. We can have um, things we have to deal with 
um, Dr. Chip Dodd, a medical doctor who became a, a Christian man who became a counselor because he saw other medical doctors and medical professionals who were falling apart in their, in their midlife, just falling apart. They were professionally successful, but their lives were falling apart. And, he's, and his conclusion, what he felt like God showed him was, it was because the, the real person in, inside of them, the real them, was not content with the facade they were living. Even though it had great success, the real person was saying, you're full of it, and I reject, I'm rejecting this. I want, I want help. The real person sighed, help me. I'm angry. I'm fearful. I'm guilty. Occasionally, I'm glad. The first time I heard somebody talk about this was at a retreat, retreat um, uh, 11 years ago that really changed my life and really helped me. And it led, led me to a fresh encounter with the joy of salvation, that God actually, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. He loves you, and he loves me. And maybe I can say something about that. But he said these, these eight things he's, he described, I'm not trying to authoritatively say, thus says the Lord, so don't worry about that. I'm saying we all deal with junk like most of this is junk. When they listed these eight things, I, I heard the list and I said, don't want that one, don't want that one, don't want that one. I'll take that one, don't want that one, don't want that one, don't want that one, and don't want that one. That's what I, that was my honest response. He said, you need them all. You need them all. If you're going to have an abundant life, you have to meet God in every part of your life. And you need them to do that. And I was like, hmm. How's that supposed to work? And here's the, uh, here's the simple version. When I feel angry, it's a call to, it should be a call to me to go to God. To the thing that I think needs to be fixed, needs to be fixed by God, not by me. Needs to be fixed in God's way, not my way. When I feel fear, remember this, Remember this, fear yields, 1 John, we've heard a quote at different times, different ways, I've quoted it, Pastor Josh has quoted it, different people quote it, perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us, loved us. So if I feel fear, I should be bringing that fear to God, not hiding from God. If I feel lonely, he said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I should be bringing my lonely to God. And letting that feeling, that feeling, instead of calling it a liar and trying to slap it around, I should be just saying, you're telling me to go to Jesus, aren't you? And I should say, yes, I am, and I'm bringing it here. Whatever this is, God, if there's something here to deal with, let's deal with it. Help me. Because my heart is, turns out to be safe with you. If I feel guilt... I probably did something wrong. Did anybody else here do something wrong? I did something wrong. <laughs> bunches of times, like bunches and bunches of times. I was epic at doing wrong. <laughs> and so, but, but it turns out that, that he says, he who, made, he who knew no sin became sin for us, for me. So if I'm guilty, bring the guilt to God. Don't try and fight that thing by yourself. Don't fight alone. I think that's what these things are supposed to be telling us. He takes shame. He says, I, he said in, in Peter, he says, I lay in Zion a cornerstone. He who believes on him will not be put to shame. 
So the shame that people feel, there's something wrong with me. I'm not as good as, I'm bad, I'm this, I'm that, I'm dysfunctional, I'm broken, I'm messed up. Bring that shame to him who's trust him. And we have to go back to trust. He is after your heart. Keep your heart, he says in Proverbs 4, with all diligence out of its, out of its spring, the issues of life. In Proverbs chapter 4, we read it this way, My son, give attention to my words. Words. Jesus is the word. Incline your ear to my sayings. A father speaking to a son. The father speaking to sons and daughters. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. There's great power in the word of God when the spirit of God brings it to life inside of you and your heart becomes free. He begins to take the brokenness and mend and restore and make you whole. Or give you peace. If you're hungry for peace, God has peace for you. Shalom for you. I'm so glad that I would have settled for, when my heart was in torment, I would have settled for a, a heart vacuum. Because I was so tired of the noise and so tired of the hurt and tired of the pain, I would have settled for a heart vacuum where he just put it in some sealed container where nothing can touch it. And I don't feel any of that. I can't hear that anymore. And so he said, no. <laughs> I have something better for you. I want you to feel good about being you. I don't want you to be arrogant, but I want you to actually get it that I made you for a reason. I looked at Adam and I said, that's good. I looked at Eve, I said, that's good. I look at you, I say, I made something good when I made you. I don't want you to feel like, pardon me, crap. Unless it's bringing you to repentance. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those that find them and listen to it. You deal with heart issues. He, all kinds of healing can spring forth in that environment. Jesus, I want to host you here. I welcome you here. Above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of its spring the issues of life. Here's a verse. Christians love this verse. We love this verse. Amen? And we know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. We love this verse. Well, here's what the, how do you know that? And here's the people that actually know it. Here's how they know it. Because they took their anger and they brought it to God. And God worked in the situation and brought good from it. And they brought life to them. Brought life to others. They, they took their mess, their family messes, their trials, their troubles, and they brought God in. Instead of running away, instead of trying to fix it themselves, and they brought it to God, and then God did a miracle. And he brought himself into the middle of it. And he worked in them and he worked in others. And they were changed. And they say with authority, my experiences, I know. Not just because you say so, I know. All things. Why? Because I bring all things. Anger, fear, lonely, hurt. Shame, sadness, guilt. Let them be triggers to bring it to God, to keep inviting them in. And believe me, 
I have prayed some prayers like, like, did you pray that prayer? How many times did you pray that prayer? Oh, maybe a thousand. You know what I mean? Like, oh God, changed my heart. Raising kids. I wasn't a perfect dad. Raising kids. What is wrong with that angry child upstairs? And I would say to God, truth, I would say to God, God, I'm the priest of this home and the result of my priestly ministry is that angry woman. The result is that angry child. So God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm thinking thousands of times. When I've been in trouble in life, Cheryl, Pastor Cheryl talked a little bit at the couple's evening about going through a season of anger, pretty tough season. She could tell that when she wants to tell that. I can't tell you how many times I went to God. Please, please don't say to me. I tried it. It didn't work. It has to work. It does work, and it has to work. You have to persist. You have to, I'm sorry. You have to persist. I know he loves you. I know he cares for you, but you have to persist. I had to persist. You have to persist. Don't quit. Don't believe the lie. Or else you, you reconcile, or you, you consign yourself to the misery. Do not partner with it. Break the agreement with that misery and that mess. No. Many times I would say, no. God will. God will bring us through. I came to one point in that season. I'll just mention this because I think, I think God just reminded me of this. I came to one point in that season where I said, I think I have to quit. I think, I think I'm going to have to quit pastoring and stuff like that because i got problems at home i've got i've got troubles right and so i talked to five men pastor dave was one of those five men and i said this is what life is like at my house and i was terrified terrified to get that vulnerable with people i said it to two people that were leaders in my ministerial group and then i said it to two more that were leaders in the greater body of christ and i was confident i didn't really want to get out of ministry but i thought this is insane this is insane i don't know maybe some i might i might be saying this for somebody that's either watching or here for several somebodies this is this is crazy but there was a part of me that was saying please let me out of this ministry please because i don't know how to balance these things out and um, all five came back to me. None of them gave me an answer on the spot. And all five came back to me and said the same thing. They said, I just, we prayed. I feel like God's just saying he's going to bring you through it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> like, <I'm>, no! <laughs> I just can't. It stopped now. I'm, I believe now there is a number of people here. Now is the day. Today is the day. But there's probably some people here today isn't the day. And I, I think I'm sharing that story for both of you. Because we had our now day. Preceded by a bunch of prayer. But some of you, amen. And God brings freedom. In Jesus' name. Because he wants to make you, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. What you f when we feel all this stuff, 
that stuff, if, if we wouldn't allow that st- those things to move us to God, to, to, to just not partner with it, not live in the shame of it or live in the frustration of it, but instead just bring ourselves to God and just, just keep peeling because it turns out if you don't open your heart, God knows everything that's in it, but you're not sharing it with him until you start talking. And so you start peeling, you're not sharing it. So you're still holding it, and you're saying, he knows, I know he knows, he's waiting for the opening. I stand at the door and knock, he says. What does that mean? That means if you don't open it, he's not coming in. If you want him in, you have to open it, sorry. He knows everything, I know he knows, he's been waiting for years, he waited for years for some things with, with me. Years. But he's making a son. And so we get to that place where we discover in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. He gave me a victory. He's given me victory. He has victory. He stepped on the devil and he said, I'm going to show you how to do it. Come on, let's do it together. I want to help. That's why I want you to come to me, bring it to me, because I want you to step on him too. More than conquerors to him or love through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So today I'm saying to you, freedom from the trap whatever that trap has been for you. In Jesus' name, God, God loves you. God's near, not far. He says, Psalm 139, read it, meditate on it. It changed my life. It could change your life too. He says, you can't get away from me. I'm there. Acts 17, 27, he is not far from any of us. Well, if you, you I'm at church, but <laughs> you don't know Pastor Paul, you don't know how awful and dark I actually am. And I'm saying you don't know how wonderful his love is for you. And you don't know. I didn't know why. I, I could be a bad person. When I was in my late teens, I could be a pretty nasty, nasty person. Very nasty. I couldn't understand. How, I, it took me years after I got saved to understand that God actually really cared about me that he just really wanted me, that he understood how I got where I got and he wanted to help me, wanted to set me free, that my heart was safe with him. And I began to open up my heart. It took a while. I began to open my heart, open my life to him. So we could say, and this is, we used to sing this as a, as a song. Sorry about that. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Show me your path, for I am devoted to you. Purify my heart's desire. I want to be, I long to be your servant. Give me an undivided heart. That's what I want to pray for for you. And if you want prayer, I want you to, I want you to come if you want prayer. If you want, like, if you're, if you want to step into that, you, I, and I, I do understand. I can remember being at that retreat in the, uh, the person that was leading the, a group of 10 that I was in, she asked us, she would do check, a check in the room. How are you? How are you? And I remember I said, this is a quote. This is a quote. 
how are you? And I said, I'm freaking terrified, right? Because I was terrified. Because these things, because it was, it was, I was, the, the, um, somewhere inside I was saying, God, I want to be free of this. But I was afraid I was just going to get beat up again. So I understand the terror. I do. You know, I understand my version of it anyway. But I know, I know he loves you. I know whatever it is that you go through, he wants to help you. Let's stand together. Father, when I, when we were in, uh, before I actually started talking, I sure was hearing you say it. I love you. And you weren't saying it just to me and for me. You were saying it for us. And you were saying, your heart is safe with me. And so, God, I bless my brothers and sisters. I thank you for them in Jesus' name. That these things that the devil has shamed us with or bullied us with are actually intended to be signs and triggers to run to you. And so today I bless that and I pray for that to, that to, to be a reality. Your word says, Jesus' words were, come to me all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and I'm humble of heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so God, I bless that truth today. The truth of that, that our hearts are safe with you and that you truly do love us and want us and that you're prepared and ready. Jesus paid the price, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness or the the, the, in the right standing, in the right position with God, and have a right to be in God's presence, have, have a right to, to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, have a, have a right to belong to God and move with God. I bless you. In Jesus' name, if your heart's telling you to come get prayer, then come get prayer, okay? God bless you. Have a great day.